Hi guys, from the intro you can tell this is not a standard survival podcast episode. No sponsors today, no history segments, no commercialism of any kind. Just the traditional survival podcast Christmas special and a new version. If you like the old version with all the audio noise from the car, from back in the car days, you can go look at that. Uh, anything prior to Christmas 2014 will have that old version in it for you. Today I've got a few new things in store for you. Number one, I'm doing today's episode a timeless manner. I always talk about shutting down for this time of year. And I decided that I would go ahead and redo it so it would be higher quality audio for you, put a few new things into it, and uh, do it timelessly. Instead of talking about my individual year or anything like that, uh, that was time-centric to just let this be a general Christmas special that we could run every year. Christmas is an incredible time of year for me, and one thing that will never uh, be uh, temporal for me is the fact that I'm incredibly grateful to have the Survival Podcast and the various communities that are around it. And as I look forward to many more years of the Survival Podcast, uh, I can think all the way back to the first year. And that's where this storyline that's in this episode comes from. And again, you can listen to earlier versions and you can hear the show uh, in its original low-quality audio. Uh, and again, that's kind of like the old Charlie Brown Christmas stuff like I talk about with the Thanksgiving episode. And you can certainly listen to that version if you want to. But what it takes me back to when I listen to those episodes is when I was in my car And I was doing this show, you know, in 30 to 45 minutes a day. I was getting up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get ready to do the show because that was the time that I had available to be able to do that and putting together all my outlines and everything. And then I'd get in the car and I would just rattle it off. And I worked really hard for a long time and you guys came along for the journey with me. And it just seems fitting that some piece of that stay in the modern show. And one of the ways we do that is through the holiday specials. So what I'd like to do now for you is go back to that timeline and tell you the story of Christmas that's become known as a survivalist view of Christmas that I originally first told from my 2006.5 Jetta TDI. Today we're going to do a very different type of show than what we normally do. If you were here when I did a survivalist view of Thanksgiving, this is going to be a lot like that show. This isn't going to be how to store things, how to get rid of debt, how to invest in things, uh, how to protect your money, or about the political or economic threats that are out there, or flu pandemics. This is Christmas. This is a special time of the year. And regardless of your religious affiliation, if you're an American, then Christmas probably means something to you. Even if you don't celebrate the traditional Christmas tradition, uh, or if even that's a lesser part of what you celebrate, Christmas in America has become an institution that brings families together. Many times it brings members of families together that don't even really speak or see each other much during the other times of year. And with that comes a certain level of healing. And as you're going to hear today, there's actually quite a bit of healing that's been done in the United States as our country developed from the holiday of Christmas. Now, I think one of the things that most people probably don't get, and if you heard the Thanksgiving show, it's kind of in a, a very similar fashion. People tend to believe that there's always been Christmas in America. 
that it's just as American as apple pie and mom and baseball and everything else. And the pilgrims probably came over here and had Thanksgiving, and sort of like we do, maybe they did a little, instead of shopping, they they did a little gathering of some for some Christmas gifts in the forest, and then celebrated Christmas just a few weeks after Thanksgiving, the way that we do right here today. Well, the reality is that at one time, believe it or not, Christmas was banned. It was banned as being a holiday of decadence. And it started in the 17th century when a big wave of religious reformers actually took over England and they banned Christmas in England. And it wasn't until Charles II came into power that he brought Christmas back with the stroke of his finger or his pen as the king of England. But the Puritans that came to America that landed in Plymouth were even more puritanical than these people that had gotten this ban of Christmas done in England. As crazy as it sounds today, there was a lot of support for this type of thing. So when they came to America, of course they didn't celebrate Christmas. Now the people that were down at the Jamestown colony, not much further into the future, they actually did kind of celebrate Christmas. So at the, the time that we were first establishing colonies in North America from England and from Holland and from some other countries, there were spots where Christmas was celebrated and spots where it wasn't. Eventually, we got to that thing called the American Revolution, where we threw the English out and we disassociated ourselves from the crown. And we became the United States. Actually, these United States, as it was referred to at the time. Our first republic of 13 colonies that became 13 states. When that happened, as you might imagine, Americans decided that there would be no Christmas, right? Not really like, okay, let's ban Christmas again. It was just... That's an English thing. It's an English holiday. We don't do English anymore. You know, we are now our own country, but that didn't last. I guess Christmas is just too much in the hearts of men and women, and it means too much as a celebration, either be it religious or a celebration simply with family. So what began to happen is Christmas kind of began making a comeback in the early 1800s. But the holiday celebration of the 1800s Christmas isn't something you'd recognize today. It was very rowdy, very boisterous. It was something that probably a lot more like New Year's Eve celebration that we think of today, uh, more than a Christmas celebration. So it wasn't everybody peaceful around the table enjoying Christmas dinner. It was people out in the streets drinking and getting drunk and carrying on and getting rowdy and carousing and doing all that type of stuff. Well, right about that time, there came on the scene an author that many people have never heard of. His name was Washington Irving. And he looked at the situation and what was going on. The reason it was like this rowdy carnival holiday and all this attention that was going on. And a lot of people ended up in jail during this thing was because, again, we tend to have short memories in the United States. But in the 1820s, we had fought a revolution. We had a few years of true independence Basically, the War of 1812 up into 1814 was a second revolutionary war. The country was still an infant. And in the 1820s, we had gangs, street gangs and thugs and mafia types. We had a big division between the classes, the wealthy and the poor. We had unemployment. We had rising crime rates. Sound familiar? That was going on then, too. And then Washington Irving took a look at this and said, this holiday could be something that brings people together instead of something that puts people apart. Now, he was a best-selling author at the time. So if he wrote a book, people would read it. 
And he wrote a book called The Sketchbook of Jeffrey Crayon Ghent, which was a series of stories about the celebration of Christmas in an English manor house. And it talked about these ancient traditions, family meals, hanging stockings, all kinds of things. Many of the things that we do today as these ancient traditions that have been handed down for years and years and years. Here's the funny thing. Mr. Washington Irving had probably never seen any type of celebration like that. Much of what he described had actually never really been anybody's tradition. This one author actually created a huge portion of the tradition of Christmas that we celebrate today. Because when people read it, and it said this is what Christmas was about, when people are in time of peril, a time of strife, a time of struggle, what do they do? They like to go back to safe and peaceful traditions. If you think about it, one of the best-watched shows the first month after 9-11 were reruns of shows like I Love Lucy and The Honeymooners. People waxed nostalgic. They went back. They wanted a simpler, more peaceful time. And in the, into this same type of fray, the same type of struggle of a new nation trying to find itself deeply divided between the North and the South. This was way before the Civil War. But, but those divisions were in place already. And Mr. Irving looked at this as an opportunity to bring something special to America. And in fact, before the Civil War, the North and South were divided on more things like sla than, than slavery. They were divided on things like Thanksgiving and Christmas. If you remember the Thanksgiving show, I told you that the South celebrated Christmas and the North celebrated Thanksgiving. And the South looked at Thanksgiving as some damn Yankee holiday. Didn't make sense to them. They just didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. And the North also looked down at the South with this Christmas thing and said, what's the deal with this? I mean, some of the first states that actually officially recognized Christmas as a legal holiday were Alabama, Louisiana, and Arkansas. And that was in the period of time like 1836-1838, that period of time. So by the time the Civil War came around, and even immediately after the Civil War, of course, we looked at this holiday while wounds were healing, while people had just killed each other in a brother-against-brother brother war, and said, well, that's a southern thing, or that's a northern thing. But those two holidays quite simultaneously began to be spread as the nation healed itself and rebuilt itself and brought itself back together. And young men and young woman, women that would go to college in the north began to bring the tradition of Thanksgiving to the south. And the south began to learn and embrace the tradition of Thanksgiving. And at the same time, the opposite effect was happening, and the tradition of Christmas was being spread more in the north. And in time, churches took up the mantra of, yeah, we should celebrate Christmas. It's the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ that we're celebrating. Now, we can debate on whether or not Christ was actually born on December 25th, and the answer is, he probably wasn't. If you read the Gospels in time of census, it's actually quite cold in that region in December. If they were going to be doing a census where Joseph was taking Mary to the land of his birth for the census, uh, they would have done that in the spring. So it's probably not when Christ was born, but it doesn't matter. That's when we've chosen to celebrate it, if we're of that particular type of faith. Because no one really knows the day of the birth, so that's when it was. So churches got on board with it. Sunday school started teaching it, and into this came one of our most beloved creations, Santa Claus. Santa Claus brought a magic to Christmas that children could expect. And you know, call me crazy, but I believe in Santa Claus. 
And I think most Americans do in a way. Santa Claus brought a spirit that was encouraging the giving of gifts, the spirit of anticipation. And again, we have to look into what was going on with the whole St. Nicholas, Santa Claus type situation. Again, you have to put yourself into the position of these people. The Civil War had just ended. People were still hungry. Fields had been burned during the war. It was not a time of plenty, but of struggle for both North and South. The entire industry of slavery had been dissolved. And of course, that was the right thing to do, but it did not go without consequences. You had an agricultural community devastated in the South because the workers weren't there to do the work the same way they were before. And you had an entire group of people that had been freed into a life where there wasn't really a lot of opportunities for them. So in the cold darkness of winter, and we were still coming out of the grips of the little ice age here, It was much colder, darker, wintry time when people should have been holding on to things, when people should have been cherishing the little they had. What came to America was a spirit of giving. Giving to the children first, and then it spread to giving to your fellow man. And as the holidays of Christmas and Thanksgivings infiltrated our nation, it healed. And we became more of a singular nation because the two of them, And they really cannot be separated in that role. We live in a politically correct world today where we say the holidays. When we say the holidays, we mean Kwanzaa, Ramadan, Hanukkah, and no disrespect to those faiths or traditions. But that's not what the holidays used to mean. The holidays was an all-encompassing time at one time in America. And it meant America's holidays. It was Thanksgiving. And the period between Thanksgiving and Christmas, where we'd have a huge feast, and then we would prepare six weeks for a joyous celebration and a spirit of giving at Christmas time. And those two were the holidays. And what does this teach us today as modern survivalists? It teaches us that the things that we fear, the things that we face, the hard times, the hard economies, the riots, the gangs, the class warfare, is absolutely nothing new. And that these holidays brought us through a time when they were actually far worse. And today, we need to view them as people with a modern survivalist philosophy, as something that can continue to do the same thing. You know, they say there's a time to beat your plowshares into swords, and a time to beat your swords into plowshares. Meaning there's a time for war, and there's a time for peace. Well, I believe that every year there comes a few times that are for peace. If your family is struggling, it's still time to stop, pause, and just be. If you're concerned about some of the things that are happening in the world, it's time to just let go and just be and just share. And if you do that, you'll realize that no matter what life challenges come your way, there are a few things that really are important. And they're probably the people around you, near you, even geographically separated from you now, but they're close to you in blood and in family. And you'll realize those things are far more important than what the stock market does today. I'm not going to look at the Dow Jones Industrial Average today. I, I could give a rip where it goes today. I, I don't really care. I suggest that you don't bother looking at it either. I won't be on Google Finance today seeing what's going on around the economic world. I won't be listening to any alarmist radio. I won't be turning, tuning in to hear anybody tell me how bad the government is. I know how bad our government is. I don't need to worry about it today, and neither do you. What we need to do today is we need to look back across over 200 years of history 
When this nation was formed by a group of farmers and hunters and merchants, they collectively came together and then created the greatest experiment ever done in the world of democracy and created the most free republic ever known under the sun. And even though we've strayed from that initial wisdom, it is still with us. And we connect back to those very first Americans who fought not one war for their independence, but two, and began to collectively heal and bring their nation together and become one people under the holidays of Thanksgiving and Christmas. And even a polarized new nation, each taking on its own holiday, eventually blended the two together to create what is honestly one of the most magical times of year. A time of year when the stingiest among us realize it's not good to be a Scrooge, and we go out and give of ourselves. That's what Christmas is for the modern survivalists. There's only one bit of serious note that I'd like to request from you today. If you haven't done anything for our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines that are overseas, please consider doing something today. It won't get to them by Christmas. They won't care. They'll simply know that you did. You know, it's the case that there are times when you hear me talk about America's military actions, and, and people don't really understand that you can absolutely support the soldier and still question the actions of the government that directs the soldier. Those guys believe in what they do. And it's very easy when you're so far from home to think no one cares. No one should feel that way this time of year. And as I said, this is a new version of this show. It's, it's got the better audio quality. And when I did this first episode, I had a CD of Martina McBride singing Oh Holy Night. And I end this show with that song. But the audio quality of remastering that over and over again and with my voice dubbed over it in the original has degraded. And I can't find the original CD that I had that had that song. And what made that song really awesome is she starts out and sings, sings it first in acapella and then it comes in with the music and, and, and redoes the song. And it is one of the most beautiful renditions of this song that I've ever heard. And I consider uh, that... This is my gift to you this Christmas. If it's been hard for you to get into the spirit, I think this will help you do it. And I don't think you have to share a religious belief with anyone about what Christmas is about to hear this song and still be moved by it. If you're a Christian, this song deeply speaks to you. But I think to all of us, the beauty of this music stands alone. And what I've done is I've taken an a cappella version of this song from Martina McBride, And I've combined it with the, the current CD version and merged them together like the original was. And if you've never heard this before, if this is your first year listening to the Christmas special, I think it will be very difficult for you to listen to this music and not have something deep move within you. And that's what this time of year is really all about. Again, I want to point out to you, though, that this time of year should be about a simple pause for everybody. You know, it's a great time of year to set goals and all, but just put the book away. It'll be there on the first of the year. So the time you hear this podcast until December 25th ends for you and you go to sleep with your family, just be with them. Just be who you are. Just be there for them. Put the priority there. Take time, pause, and realize that that is a big part of living the life you want if times get tough. Or even if they don't. 
It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error, pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn for your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. Divine, oh night, when Christ was born, oh night, divine. Dear Savior's birth 